This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today's guest is Doug Sheldon. He has had many mystical experiences, including a three-hour near-death experience. And tonight, we are going to learn about them. Doug, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you giving me some of your time this evening, and welcome. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Great to be here. Appreciate it. I'm honored. Honor. I always love your podcast. Well, thank you. And my podcast would be nothing without the guests like you. So Thanks. I... I appreciate you guys probably more than you realize. <laughs> so the audience loves to hear about near-death experiences. Can we start with yours? Sure. It happened November 29th, 2018. And it. I started in 2017, in June of 2017. I was going to bed. Not, the wife was already in bed and I go to my side of the bed and these are the kind of experiences I have. There's an angel sitting there with its legs crossed, swinging its legs like, Oh, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> wow. and, and there was one question, are you ready? And I knew what it meant because it, it wasn't a verbal voice. It was in, in, in my, in, in our head. And I looked at the angel and smiled and said, no, no. The year, um, the year before that, the following month, I was up in Michigan and I, I visited with an old priest, Franciscan priest that had a little beanie on, lovable, cuddable guy. And I was talking to him. When he would touch you, this energy would go in me. It was just like pure love. And he, he, he touched his heart like this. And he says, I'm preparing to die. You need to prepare to die. Wow. And every word he, he breathed and said resonated truth, love, and light to me. I know he was telling the truth. Well, it was a, a vacation that some of my friends took us on a long weekend. And when we came back, we found out that uh, Father, Father Tom, passed away two weeks after that. So I told family, told my wife what this man said, had the angel <laughs> in June that asked me if I was ready. So I had many, many months to prepare for this. We went and had our will done, all the things that go with that, a couple of visits with, with the lawyer. And many Native American ceremonies, many things happen. I have three pieces of paper of just things, bang, 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 that happened. At some of our places, what we call the meadow and the grove, and out here we have sacred fires. There, there was these little bits and pieces preparing me physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally for that day. And when that day came, I woke up normal and had a little breakfast, and I sat at the kitchen table. That's where I write. That's where I study. That's where I meditate. That's where I do lots of research. And I've had a lot of interaction with what I call the little beautiful ones, like fairies, gnomes, the water spirits, um, the fire spirits, I've even taken pictures of them and sent them to, to my friends when we've had the sacred fires. So five, five little gnomes. I don't know if you can see the one behind me. Mm -hmm. Five little gnomes come in around the table. Mm -hmm. And they told me, they said the dark church spirits desire to destroy you. That was their exact words. And then they they left just as they came in. They just kind of materialized, and then they left. Hmm. 
about four or five hours later, we are at Bob Evans restaurant. I have swallowing disorders. So I used to get choked all the time on food. The wife is in the Heimlich in the restaurants. So we just got our coleslaw, coffee and water and some crackers. And I started choking. I really hadn't eaten anything, Jeff. And my normal procedure, um, I have chronic Lyme disease. So I had a rollator there. So I was going to get the rollator and go to the bathroom and try to get whatever I thought was in there removed. By the time I stood up, I turned around, got a glass of water. It wouldn't go down and it, and it spewed. And the next thing I know, I felt this pressure and it was dark and heavy because I've experienced it before. These dark, low vibrational energies that come from these dark entities pressing me down and I collapsed on the floor. So my wife does a Heimlich. One of the assistant managers there named Susie does a Heimlich. And I was out and I came to and I remember seeing dark shoes. I thought, this has got to be a police officer. He was trying to do the Heimlich, but nothing was coming out. Nothing was coming out. Finally, the squad came. This is all inside Bob Evans. And directions are very important to me as we do them in ceremony. So I was in the west part of the restaurant by their west door, which is emergency door. And the life squad took me out um, on their little gurney and put me in. And I was in and out. I remember going in and out. And I have my shirt over here that they cut off. It was a brand new, beautiful shirt. <laughs> and they cut it off. And the last thing I remember is they said, clear, clear. And I felt my body shake and vibrate. And the next thing I know, I was gone. I was gone. My body was in the squad. And I went to a lodge and another density. And he's very well known in indigenous circles here in North America. And his name's Grandpa. I want to start crying. Grandpa Fool's Crow. And I went to him, which I visited in the past spiritually. And I don't know why I was sent there initially. I said, aren't you supposed to go to heaven or go in that tunnel, that tunnel place, you know? But I went there. I went there. And we talked and we had a discussion. And then he said, you need to, it's time to leave. And when I did that, I ended up on the east side of this tunnel, which I now know, I call it a portal. It was a spiritual portal. And it was rotating. And at the west end was all these brilliant, like many of your guests say, these brilliant celestial lights. And it was pure, pure love. I was, I can remember, it was like putting my hands in my pocket. I was just kind of whistling. I was so at home, so at home. And it wasn't like I was worried about the people down there, down below, because um, my body at that time was in, it was, they took this me from the squad, took my body to the hospital, and the doctors were trying to, to stick me with the needles, sternum rub, anything to wake up, but I wasn't there. My body was still alive. And our daughter, her nickname, Sunshine Kid, kept telling them, this is a spiritual problem, not a physical problem. Can you imagine the doctors listening to that and the nurses? So I'm up in the tunnel, and it was amazing. It was amazing. I can remember walking, like I said, just pit taking it all in. See, Jeff, I've taught on unconditional love. It's called agape. Some people say agape love for 38 years. And at that time, it was 36 years. And here I am totally experiencing it. I, be, I'm, I am one with this pure love and pure light. And the, the more I went from the east, this is east. That's why I point this way. And I went to the west, 
it just, the lighter got brighter because I was getting closer to that opening. Some people say it's glory. Some people it's heaven. Some people say it's Yeshua, Jesus. It was amazing. It was amazing. And I looked back behind me to the east and guess who was there? The five little gnomes who were there at the kitchen table with me. And I look back and they're holding hands. They love to dance and laugh and giggle and have fun. And they were doing things in a reverse counterclockwise direction. In many native circles in Lakota, they'll say, hey, Oka, going backwards, going the wrong way. And I was told they're reversing those dark energies that were put on me. So I turned around and I started walking more. And again, the light's getting more brilliant, more beautiful. It's like, yeah, I, I need to enter that. I want to be totally one with this. And then all of a sudden, on the south wall, five pictures appear. I, many people have talked about the Hall of Fame where they see pictures of ancestors and five pictures illuminate. There's probably, I don't know, thousands, countless pictures, but these five are lit up. There's two men on the left. There's a man in the middle and two women on the right. And one of the men and one of the women are couples from a long time ago. They were ancestors that I never met. But many people have seen him at ceremonies, at drumming circles, at sacred fires. They've seen him behind me, supporting me. They were there. And that the other couple was another relatives that I haven't met in this lifetime. The middle person was Father Tom, smiling, and we were communicating, not verbally and telepathically, and he smiled and welcomed me. And I can almost tell that this wasn't going to be a permanent thing by his look and by his energy. Because he had told me 16 months before to prepare for death. And remember, I've never met him till that day. And it was quite, so I started walking further. And I was, I got this close to stepping in to the end of this portal at the West End. And when I was getting ready to step I heard the voice telepathically, if you step into there, you will never return to your body. I look back to the east again, and this time, the five little ones were still holding hands, going in a counterclockwise, a hoka direction, reversing those dark energies. And I saw a Navajo friend who was living on this plane, who told me to get my washmat, I call it, back here. And as soon as I turned around, I was right on the edge, getting ready to walk in to this brilliant celestial love. I just call it pure love and light on the Facebook when I make videos, pure love and light. And as soon as I took the first step back to the East, I came back into my body and I thought I was in a coffin and I'm I'm because I'm in there like this, all stiff, like you're in a coffin. I know too many people haven't been in a coffin that are walking and breathing. And I said, okay, okay, God, okay, source, Lord, where am I? And I heard this beautiful voice says, I was in an MRI machine. You're at McCullough Hyde Hospital in an MRI. And it's like, how did I get there? So I left one portal tunnel and came into <laughs> another tunnel portal. And so I did come back in my body, but I could hardly walk after they got me up to the room. I couldn't talk. I, I, I had to think. My I would say words. Take me a long time to, to formulate. And our daughter and a friend we call Metal Walker and the rest of our family um, performed a, a ceremony, a healing ceremony for me right there in hospital. 
Because as I, I told you before we were live, that a lot of times I go out in the spirit. And they had to tie me down, and they applied this very powerful um, Navajo medicine that was gifted a week before. Why? Why was that gifted to me the week before? And our daughter applied it. Everybody in the family was holding on to these red claws and praying for me. And Meadowwalker had one of my, my feathers I use in ceremony and just praying. And I can remember the energy and the prayers of everybody that was praying for me was like pure love and light. I could feel them go into my pores. Okay, I'm back in my body. I'm in the hospital room. But I could feel this energy. And the family left to go home. And by the time my wife, she didn't want to leave the hospital. She wanted to stay there. I said, I'm feeling fine. I feel like I can kick some, some bootay. And as the hours went on, I got better and better and better. The next morning, the doctor came in. I, I set him down. I said, you're not going to believe this. This was a spiritual problem. You deal with physical problems. I said, our daughter told you all that it was a spiritual problem. And he listened to this story for about 15 minutes. The speech therapist came in, blew her socks off, what I had to share with her. The physical therapist came in, and I said, I'm fine. He says, let's go down the hall and find out. So I'm, I'm still having IV in my little <laughs> IV bottle holder. So, and I'm feeling the best. Remember, I have chronic Lyme disease. I'm feeling like I've been touched with incredible, incredible love from beyond. And I got to leave the hospital that, that quick. So when I look back at it, there was, I have three pages of notes that I typed just to get it familiar in my head. I had all these little things preparing me. And I didn't even know it. A lot of these were just new yesterday when I was preparing to be here with you. And it's like, wow. I am so, so blessed that all these things happen the way they did and the timing and the frame and the places, because some of these were totally mystical experiences that prepared me for this more, for this incredible near-death experience. And it was, like you said, three hours. Mm -hmm. I was gone three hours, exactly, walking up in that portal. It was, it was amazing. All right, I have a bunch of questions to ask. Um, <laughs> let's go back to the beginning. I want to know about this angel and the gnomes. You just physically walked into your bedroom. I think that's where it was, and you saw an angel just sitting there. Mm -hmm. When you see an angel, is it like oh, yeah. kind of transparent, or what does it look like? This particular instance, like I said, I've had so many mystical experiences. It was glowing white Efferson, mm -hmm. and smiling, very, very happy, you know, asking me if I want to cross over. Mm -hmm. That's the, it, was, it was very comical, really. Mm -hmm. are, are you ready? And I mm -hmm. knew exactly what this angel meant. And I said, I just looked and I said, no. And it just went poof. And I lay down and went to sleep. It was mm -hmm. basically that, that simple. It's interesting. That simple. It's interesting that you mentioned the gnomes. Because people who have the DMT experiences, they call them machine elves, and I wonder if it's, <laughs> I wonder if they're if they're similar. Do you see the gnomes very often? When we do ceremonies, we see them all the time. Hmm. We see them all the time. You said we. Do other people see them too? Oh yeah, when we have ceremony. Oh yes, oh yes. There's two two favorite places. Um, one is called the Meadow, hmm. which is at Meadow Walker's place. Incredible. Um, we've seen them. They have what's called the four gates in each direction. We, we've seen seen them all there. Mm -hmm. And then another friend we call Rabbi Earth. He has what's called the Grove. Mm -hmm. And I've had so many mystical experiences that sound like sci-fi there. And they're always there, mm -hmm. especially the little ones, the gnomes. But we've seen um, fairies there also. You said that they had four gates or something? Yes, it's beautiful, like pieces of wood. And there's one that faces the west direction, oh. the north direction, 
east direction and the and the south direction. Oh, okay. Remember the tunnel? Mm -hmm. Those directions were um, amazing, amazing. And, and it's very connected, that tunnel. If you study Judaism, mm -hmm. um, let's go back to the time of Yeshua mm -hmm. and, and the temple, the temple area. You would enter the east, okay, the east. This is the east here where we live. Mm -hmm. And the more that you would walk, move towards the west, the holier things became. Mm -hmm. And then before you would go into the temple, that would be the priest area. And there's very, very holy vessels they would use there. They would go up the steps and open the door, and you would be in the temple, right? As you would even walk in the temple, and there was things to to the north and to the south, okay? The candelabra, uh, excuse me, mm -hmm. and what's called the, the holy bread. But anyway, you would go to this big, beautiful curtain, the veil, a lot of people would call it the holy of holies, where God, Yahweh, resided on earth, okay? That was the most furthest west you could go. It was the same thing in the the, the, the the tunnel, the portal that I was in. I went from the east, and as I told you, the more I walked, the more glorious it became, mm -hmm. the more my body tingled, the more the light, the more love. And it was very similar, very similar to that. And the West means a lot of things to a lot of different indigenous cultures, too. A lot of power beings, thunder beings. Mm -hmm. So. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask about the significance of east to west because for so many times, most of the people say up. Occasionally, I'll hear down, but I've never heard east to west. It was it was out of um, it's a whole different density mm -hmm. of, of of being, mm -hmm. and I did not see per physical form Yeshua, Yahushua. Mm -hmm. Jesus, right, Mary, which mm -hmm. I've had so many incredible mystical experiences with Mama Mary. They weren't there in the tum tunnel. It mm -hmm. was the the little beautiful ones, and my my Navajo, mm -hmm. my ancient relatives, mm -hmm. and then Father Tom, who I had just met <laughs> sixteen months before. Right, but the tunnel. I will say this portal tunnel. When I say portal, most people, but it was. That's what it was. It was pure love. Walking on it, feeling it was amazing. It was just totally beyond what some people will say, unicorns and butterflies. Mm -hmm. It was, and I know I came back to share deeper. Remember, I taught agape love now for 38 years. I was just scratching the surface after I experienced that. And I was sent back here to tell people how incredible, how valuable, all their divine purpose, divine potential, and that they are amazing and that we have access to this love and to this light. I know that's why I'm here. Once you experience it, did you feel like what you were doing by talking about it wasn't even close to experiencing it? Oh, correct. Correct. And I've had... Oh, so many mystical experiences up to the point of the near-death experience. So it wasn't like an initiation into a, a whole new spiritual higher frequency path. Mm -hmm. It it just, <laughs> it was like a transformer. Mm -hmm. It just boosted the frequency um, within me. And it's, it's, it's life, it's life changing. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to share with, with people about this pure love and pure light. I'm curious about what was going on with your physical body. It sounded like that you choked on something. They were doing the Heimlich maneuver. I guess did whatever you were choking on, did it finally <laughs> come out and then you just had lost breath and lost consciousness or, um, and you you're good at questions. Well, I, <laughs> um, I try to ask what other people would be thinking. <laughs> um, Nothing ever came out because okay. it wasn't a physical problem. Okay. It was a spiritual problem. And years before, not too many years before, 
I was in the living room. My wife um, is a labor and delivery nurse, and she was working. And this dark entity enters our living room. It was pretty rude. Didn't ring the doorbell. Didn't knock on the door. Just appeared. And I've dealt with dark entities, cleansing land, homes, apartments, personal items. I've done all of those kind of things. And I was no physical match for this entity. And it threw me around like a, like a rag doll for three hours. And things would come up. I won't get too graphic. Things would come up. And this evil voice, like you'd see in a movie or hear in a movie, just say you want to die for three hours. And I use my will, my self-will, which is so powerful in us human beings, and love and light, calling on the creator of this love and light. And I wouldn't give up. I, I mean, I'd be tossed around. I wouldn't give up. And finally, this thing just went <sighs> dissipated. Okay. I learned a lot from that experience. And a few, three, four weeks later, the same thing happened, but I was more prepared, more sensitive. And it only, instead of, th- that was a three hour experience. Kind of interesting, isn't it? That was a three hour experience, mm-hmm. just like the, the tunnel. And it happened three or four weeks later. But I was so much more aware, more connected to light and love. It didn't have a chance. So it it left. Back at Bob Evans, it was the exact same energy, same darkness, same. It was almost the same energy frequency that was in the living room. That's what I was dealing with. It was so powerful. Like I said, remember, it just put this weight on me and I just crushed to the floor. I used to be a big time weightlifter at one time. It just crushed me to, to the floor and it was the exact same energies. So there was nothing. They never brought anything up. And it was like our daughter said, sunshine kid. It's a spiritual problem, not a physical problem. So you think that you were being attacked by a dark entity and that was kind of choking you. Yes. Oh, yes. Just like the the little ones told me, mm-hmm. the dark church spirits want to destroy you four or five hours earlier. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. Why do you think this entity was after you? One, I've been talking about agape love for, mm-hmm. what, 36 years up to that time? Mm-hmm. And so many different venues. Um, probably 44 different denominations plus one time the communist I worked at a local university the atheists and communists asked Rev Ned to come and speak to their group because they said there's something different about you would you come and speak to us about your spirituality about your path I said sure Jeff do you know how loving those people were they were amazing I was in, I ended up crying. They gifted me with a beautiful gift. And it was a very, very powerful, powerful evening. But to get back to your question, pure love and light is like a a virus to dark, lower vibrational energies. They can't take it. They can't stand it. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe that's that's what was going on. But the love and the light was much, much stronger, much more powerful. Mm-hmm. But I had to experience those things to help other people where where they're at. Right. And it, it took me deeper into that pure love and pure light like I'd never been before. It's pretty amazing. When you say that you are somewhere else and it's a different density, would you compare that as like being somewhere that's more humid? Versus less humid, like if you go to New Orleans or Houston, it is really humid and you can just, it weighs on you. Whereas you go to Phoenix, Arizona, there's zero humidity and it's lighter feeling. Would you describe it like that or something else? To me, it's every time I've done this, be higher vibrational energies of love, light, tranquility, healing, 
And I know that in this third density, some people say dimension, this third density, it's so grounded in negativity, but we can experience these higher vibrational frequencies. We really, um, we really can. And, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about the grove, our friend Rabbi Earth's grove. One, one particular evening, if I can share this with you, I'll try to make it small because it, it, we went, um, I went out to eat with him and his wife and we came back to their house and he suggested, let's go back to the grove. And we jumped in his little muley, his side by side, and we went back there. Little, little mystic, mystical rain, just a light rain. And we've had many ceremonies in this place, beautiful place, all kinds of incredible spiritual experiences. And I get, give out, get out, and I lay tobacco down as thank you. There's an elder spirit in the West that I always give thanks, and he always talks to me. And I give tobacco to the west and the north and the east and the south. And I saw the little ones over there. And they were giggling and laughing. And I went over there and to the elements, to the to the four elements. And I went back to the middle, what we call the grove. And thousands and thousands of spirits were like in a stadium. And they were lit up it was like i was on a stage in a football stadium or a baseball stadium and all around me it was like what is going on and they were wanting us to heal the land from a lot of the people that had owned the land and did not treat it in good ways and loving ways and sacred ways and the next thing i know there's thousands of orbs thousands of them hmm. and it's like okay <laughs> and I'm, I'm going now i'm flinging tobacco it's like what is going on and many things happen but the other thing i'll share the earth mother gaia some of our cosmic cousins will say terra t-e-r-r-a but mother earth these lights Remember those beads that people would have in their doorways back in the 60s and yeah, 70s? Yeah, it's funny. If you yeah. would lay them down on the ground by the thousands and light them with celestial lights, that's what this looked like, okay? Mm-hmm. And they went down what we call the spirit path, and they came to halfway to the fire pit, and they stopped. And it was a message for me. It was a message. I went over and talked to Rabbi, and he says, Something like, what's going on? Because he saw, he saw spiritual animals, spirit animals. He saw all kinds of things because he was looking off in the south direction where I was spending most of my time in the west, north, east direction. And those type of experiences, this gets back to your question, it was just a very high vibration of love, of respect, of light, of tranquility, of divine purpose that this is what you're doing. You're doing it right. We want you to do more of it. And um, we, we were requested to go and do a special ceremony there, which we did, which we did. We did that there. So it's, it's, it would be a, it's not difference in temperature. It's just, it's a higher, it's just like that tunnel. And I was telling you of this pure love and light. It's just quite amazing, quite, quite amazing. There was another experience, this time in the meadow, and it was at a bear ceremony, and I was asked to remarry our, son, our son-in-law and daughter, Matt and Sunshine Kid, Matt and Hannah, to redo their marriage vows. And when it came time for the ceremony, we were by the sacred fire, and I had asked before I got up, out of my chair to ask the Pleiadians. I said, can, can you bless us? The energy was phenomenal that evening. Phenomenal. I said, can you bless us some way, somehow? Mm-hmm. Cause I believe, and I believe, you know, and um, when we got up and I started doing the ceremony, this tube of again, celestial 
not from this density, <laughs> came out of the sky path and surrounded us. That was pure love. That density, again, all I can say, it's, it's a higher love. It's a higher light. And again, there's peace, there's tranquility, and it's transforming. And it was the same that was in the tunnel or the portal. So if that helps with, with what the density is, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a higher vibrational frequency. Right. Um, good questions. How did the NDE change you once you got back? Um, another good question. It took me beyond the confines of a lot of dogma because when I was in the portal, no barriers, no barriers. All the two other experiences I shared with you, there was no barriers between Rev Ned and source, the creator, the divine consciousness, whatever people desire to call this, no barriers. Don't have to jump through hoops. It was like I was sometimes taken there, you know, at just in ceremonies, I would just come back. And that would be that. That would be one. And I've had other experiences when I thought I was going to die, but I didn't. And it's given me a, a, an attitude of gratitude like I never had beforehand for everything. Some of that I know is the chronic Lyme, the gift, but even getting a shower, giving thanks, eating, eating, um, the four elements, you know, it, just a little drink of water, how sacred that is, and to give thanks, or for the food, the air, the air. Um, gratitude would be a big one. And then these doors, you know, I never. Jeff was a social media person. I didn't get on YouTube till maybe a year and a half, year and three quarters ago, just to watch all you incredible people. And now I have a Facebook page and, and things are starting to open up and Instagram and, and sharing with people from all over the world. It's been pretty amazing. So it's opened a lot of connections a lot of connections and your show's done that. I've connected to two or three people that's been on, on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, been amazing. After experiencing that, did you feel any homesickness, loneliness, missing or desiring to go back there? No, no, no. That's a, another wonderful question. There are times when I think, when I see all the crazy stuff going on in the world, you know, I'll have the zinger. Mm, boy, that was that was sweet up there. <laughs> that that was sweet. Maybe I should have stepped in there. But most days, not at all. Because I get little glimpses of it down here. Before I would get those glimpses, before the near-death experience, but after the near-death experiences, there I understand them now. I understand these these experiences. Mm-hmm. Um Visits, I get spiritual visits that I've, that, that I've shared about a lot. And it's gratitude. I would say gratitude. It's just thank you, thank you. Thank. I, I went out this morning. I love, I'm a sky watcher. Mm-hmm. Love the sunrises, the star rises, and the star sets. And I connect to those, those energies. They mean a lot to me. And I just thank you, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. I say that a lot during the day. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's given me a much more deeper gratitude for my wife. She retired a couple of years ago. So um, it's, we were close. Now we're closer even because of this experience. Besides the tunnel being east to west, was there anything about your experience that you found that you could be considering it to be religious or biblical? Well, being raised close to the earth, I wasn't raised in any um, structured religious system whatsoever. 
but I met <laughs> my wife at um, at the local university, and we actually just got a gift from them. We're called Miami Mergers when students meet at Miami and get married. They're called Miami Mergers, hmm. and they send you something every Valentine's Day hmm. as a thank you. And our oldest son Shane and his wife Angie are Miami Mergers. So there's two sets of us, um, and 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 in the in the family what was your your question i was saying that was there anything about your nde that it would be religious or can right. you know you okay. can correlate to be to the bible or or not well well being being that being the wife thank you being meeting the wife um she was active in her church and i i got very involved in that I actually went to the seminary for a lay program. And um, I guess a nice word would be released. I say booted like a 75-yard field goal out the out the front door. Mm-hmm. And it was meant to be. It was a gift. I was there and learned what I needed to learn. And that got me studying um, the Jewish roots, Yeshua. Um, as you know, I worked at uh, Miami University. And most of those years, I managed graduate international housing. So in those years at Miami and the 10 years after I retired, I worked with grad students, doctoral students, researchers, visiting professors from all over the 177 countries that I've met folks from. So I was kind of eclectic, very much so, in all of this. And when we had the tunnel experience, it brought me closer to Yeshua, but in a whole different way that's not from this third density. And that's hard for a lot of people to understand unless you've been. Um, but I have more um, love for him, for Mary, and for a lot of other entities. A lot of people think their guardian angels are just angels, like the one that was on the edge of the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know some of the little ones that are guardian angels all my life. I know some of higher other entities that are guardian angels, and I've seen some of those. So our guardian angels are vast. But we, one of the other things is trying to get people out of the boxes. You know, even if they just get their head out of the box and look around, that this, the paradigm is cosmic. 200 billion galaxies out there plus. Mm-hmm. What? When we're connected to all that is. That's another thing I walked away. We're connect. We're oneness with all that is, even with the light, even with the dark. We're we're connected because we have that within us: the light side, the dark side. But that'd be another thing that that happened is the oneness, the oneness with all that is. And there's so much more out there than what people are taught. It's like they have these tie downs, these strengths these lower density energies and through these experiences and through the near death, the, the scissors, I had a pair of scissors here somewhere. Those are, those are cut. And it's like, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's freeing again, more love, more light than I've ever experienced in, in my life. Did you find yourself having any new abilities after your NDE that you didn't have before being more sensitive to energies, being more sensitive to light energies, to dark energies. I think that's one reason why I've noticed some visitations that I've talked about on the, on the Facebook page um, and Instagram is more sensitive to it. There's something here, you know, and then you deal with those energies and definitely that more sensitive, even though ceremonies help you do that. Um, the near-death experience has definitely made me more, more sensitive, more aware. Um, the other thing that's happened is learning more how to take this mind and transform it into that pure love. You know, they say our heart, um, Dr. Greg Braden, one of the classes I taught, we, we studied one of his, his books. And in that book, he talks about there's more neurons in our heart 
than in a, up here. But if you transform this heart into love and you bring this mind of love together and your essence comes together in love and light, um, there's no stopping you. You're becoming more of what you were created to be, more of what you were sent here to be to, to begin with. So the near-death experiences help that too. You mentioned to me before the podcast that you help people cross over. Were you doing that before your NDE or is that yes. something you have? Yes, 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 yes. Um, I used to visit, do um, visits in the hospital mm-hmm. and I did and I've done it there. And then my cousin, Tim, he was about 10 years older than, than me. My mom and dad raised him when he was little. And he was named after my father, whose name was Brian. And this was Brian Timothy. So we called him Tim. And he would, he was in the Marines for 20 years. And when he would come home for long periods of time, especially after he got out of the Marines, he would live with us two months a clip, three months a clip, sometimes longer. And I'm, I'm 11, 12, 13. And he's telling me about near death experiences. We're talking about death and life issues. We're talking about, um, how things can come back. And, you know, and here I am young and he was preparing me and he was in ICU several years ago. And the wife and I went up to visit and I heard it's time to help him cross over. And the wife and I went in there and I talked to him and I prepared, I prepared me in my inner essence and in my mind and my heart to help him cross over, said some prayers and talked to him, which I've talked to many people that have been in comas and um, told him how it's, it's time. It's time. I said, you prepared me for this moment. And he crossed over. And another time it was a family time. If I don't start crying, my wife's mother that I was very close to. And we all were gathered. Our oldest son, Shane, and Angie were coming from the Dayton area, and they didn't make it quite in time. But the rest of the families gathered around Grandma. And I told him, I said, the energy is going to act like it's going to leave her, the life force, and then it'll go back in. And I said, if we're really good, we'll see angels come and cut the silver cord. And I would hold her hands and you could feel the life force start to leave and then surge back in, start to leave. And it left and it didn't go back in. I said, an an angel came and cut the cord. I like to share one more. There's many. My grandmother, Grandma Sheldon, my dad's mom, her and I was very close. She lived in a nursing home. I would go once a week to visit her faithfully. And up to the time she went in a coma for three or four days, she could tell me, she'd say, Doug, I can remember on September 8th, 1910. And she'd tell me where the sun was at. She was incredible, Jeff. But here she is in a coma. And I am have my arms around her back and her front and humming and trying to sing some of the songs that she knew, which I really didn't know. And she just kept hanging on. I'm not not talking two or three hours. And all of a sudden she went, bam, her eyes opened. She looked right through me. She said, mom, I'm coming over to the other side. Hmm. And up to that point, again, I could feel the life force go, start to leave and then come back. Then I'd go, this went on for two or three hours. She wasn't ready. But when she saw her mom, it was like within a minute that energy left and grandma, grandma, it was, it was, it was beautiful. It really was. It was really, really a beautiful thing to be that as close as I was with my, my grandma. Hmm. Wow. It was pretty amazing. You mentioned quite often about Native American ceremonies and events that you were at. Can you tell me a little bit about your history in the Native American culture? Well, I was always, if you remember, I wasn't raised in any organized religion. I was always close to the earth. 
I was doing ceremonies as a teen and didn't even know what they what they were called. Mm-hmm. I was very close to to the elements and to the earth. I used to have my I called it Walden Pond. If anybody knows Henry David Thoreau, I always tell people he was my first pastor when I was a kid. I, I couldn't get enough of Henry David Thoreau. And I had it on my own Walden Pond. I remember foxes. The fox would come up to me, and I'd take skates and ice skate back there. I just didn't have the little cabin <laughs> that Henry that Henry had. Um, so I was. That's the way I was raised, close, very, 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 very close to, to the earth, and then I always had an interest in the Native American history. I'd study it. And my mom told me once, you know, you're named after my cousin who was Cherokee. His European name was Doug. And I didn't know that till I was a teen. I didn't know I was named. So I started doing a lot of studying on that. You know, we don't have no card or anything like that. But I was always interested in it. Uh, we still do a lot of ceremonies today. That I wouldn't say they're more earth than native. But I ran into a friend we call Uncle Dave 20, 26 years ago, a sun dancer, um, sweat. Um, he leads, he pours, he sits behind the bucket of a sweat lodge, which we've done for 26 years. Mm-hmm. So it's through him that I've been at Sundance, um, a Lawampi. I'll have to tell you about a Lawampi, Uweepi ceremony, Lawampi ceremony. Um, been to a lot of what's called powwows, a lot of those. But a lot of the things that I do here are basically just being connected to all that is. You know, I can't say they're Lakota or Cherokee or that. Most of those come through my, my good friend, um, I wear a bracelet to honor him all the time. Um, we call Uncle Uncle Day. He actually adopted me in a sweat lodge in a like official ceremony. So he's my big my big brother. Hmm. My my big brother. Hmm. Um they had a night singing, a healing ceremony for me called a Lawampi. And it was in a doctor's office, a chiropractor's office, mm-hmm. um, a friend of mine. And it's totally dark, totally dark. And all these friends, even from Michigan, all around came, came. And he sat on the floor in the wall, you know, backs on the wall, all the way around, a drum. Um, the, the man sets his altar up. It was right here, right by my feet. And the drum was here. Incredible, incredible. And... During one of the songs, I had my cane. I wasn't walking that good. And this had a drop ceiling, okay? Second floor of a doctor that had a drop ceiling in it. And all of a sudden, I was in this kind of a mode. The music, the drumming, that beat, that energy, what he was doing there at the altar, people's prayers, people's energies. All of a sudden, I went, I left. I was up in the sky paths. I was up in the sky paths. And this voice said, see my people down there? And every person that was there, I love them. I love them the way they are. I love them. I love them. And it would show me the good things and bad things. And it's just like this. Boom, 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 boom. And it was preparing me for that near-death experience. It was pure love from source, from this consciousness, from, from Abba, whatever people want to, to call this source. And then I came back down. Well, during our celebration of food, which you always at, at these gatherings, everybody brings food. It's, it's so much love. Uncle Dave and I are sitting down eating. He says, you know, during the ceremony, I saw this white light, and it went way up in the air. He didn't know it was me. And I thought, wow, wow. 
But those are the kind of incredible experiences that I just, I actually look for them, you know, and they, they happen, hmm. they happen. But that was before the near death experience. And that one prepared for me because I saw this love, this, this divine love, this divine consciousness, how it loved every person, no matter where they were, were at and their walk, their faith, no matter where they were with good things or bad things, it was love. That's my person. That's my person. That's my person. That's my person. And um, that prepared me. That prepared me big time for their death experience. Hmm. So Uncle Dave kind of arranged that. And I have to thank everybody that was there. All right. Let me shift gears here. What, okay. what is the name of your Facebook page if people want to find you and follow you on Facebook? Well, there's a Doug Sheldon one that I don't get on very often. Mm-hmm. There's a private one that I've been asked to open it up, and it's called Rev Ned Cosmic Interconnections. Okay. That I do, do a lot of postings on. Um, but people could contact through the email. Can I give that? Sure. The Spirit Arise at yahoo.com, S P I R I T A R I S E, like Spirit mm-hmm. <laughs> Arise. Mm-hmm. That was given to me a long, long time ago at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. And I do have a Instagram account that I post things on. Mm-hmm. And I'm working um, in the baby stages to grow up and be like a Jeff Mara podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to have a YouTube account. So I got to, I'm, I may be uh, getting in contact with you, but you that's have. in the baby stages. What is the name of your Instagram and your YouTube channel? The YouTube, it's, it's both Revenet. Both Rev Ned. Okay. And when That's you it. say Rev Ned, is it right Rev- now it's Rev Ned. Would you say it's Rev Space Ned or Rev Ned all one word? Um, I think one is space and one isn't. One isn't. Okay. I don't remember which one, but just so, put Rev Ned in for Instagram. Yeah, I'll try to put the links to your Instagram okay, cool. or your um and your Facebook very, very good. and your YouTube channel. If they find at least one of them. Do you have, like, if they make it to your Facebook page, is there a link from your Facebook to your YouTube and your Instagram? Like, as long as they Not find yet. one, they can find the other. Not yet. Maybe the email, mm-hmm. then that, that we can go with that if they want to use the email. Okay. All right. Either way, whatever they feel led to do. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my guess is, is that most people will probably be, feel compelled to follow you on your Facebook page and see what's going on over there. It's, um, I've had, I've grown from that. I've had a lot of fun mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, um, beautiful, wonderful people, a mm-hmm. uh, couple beautiful, uh, I would say like grandma elders that are on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they, they're, they're big jobs to, to pray, to pray for Revenant. Do you live stream on your Facebook page? No, but I've been thinking about it. Okay, well, that's what's. I was. Are you say. motivating me, Jeff? Here, I've been asking, thinking about it. I'm just asking, and I was going to say you can always live stream on your YouTube channel as well. I'm. I've been thinking about that the last week or so. Right. Interesting, you brought it up. I'm just planting seeds. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Doug. Well, before we wrap it up here, do you have one last message that you want to share with us? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Everybody is one of a kind, unique creation. Everybody. And I know each person is full of so much divine purpose, divine baskets full of divine potentials. And most of our lives, we've been told we're this, we're that, negative things. You're not good enough by teachers, maybe parents, coaches are really good at that. Um, Religions can be very, very good at that. Politics are very good at that. The media is fantastic at belittling and cutting and judging and making. And we're not those things at all. We're so much more than what we've ever been taught. And all these experiences keep amplifying, keep amplifying. And then this pure love and light, it opens doors, windows. I like to say portals. We have so many incredible things within us in our essence. 
And if we have all this baggage, all these layers of negativity that have been put on us, maybe even by a spouse, this pure love and light, I've seen it just takes it off one by one. And then the person becomes their authentic selves, what they were here for, what they were created to be. Some people will even say, why you said yes to coming here at this time frame? Because all these cycles are happening in the sky pass with Earth and the solar system and our galaxy, where we're at on our galaxy. But that's that they're wonderful, that they're unique. And there's more within them. And they have more access to more things than they think they do. Thank you for that. Um, Doug, thank you so much for being my guest. As I said in the beginning, the podcast um, is is the guest. There would be no podcast if there wasn't people like you. So I really appreciate you coming on, sharing with us and giving me some of your time. And I wish you massive success in all that you do in your life. Thank you, Jeff. This has been quite a blessing. The blessings to you and everyone that's listening to this. Thank you. Thank you. And have a great evening. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.